Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of Demise. My name is John. That's Ian. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's good with you good-looking peoples? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. Today is July 23rd. This is episode 123 of Eyes of the Mize, titled, Ian Keeps Going to Tournaments When Sets Are Being Announced. Because it kind of happens this way? I don't I don't plan it's it. Either, it's either that or there's just always news that happens while you you come back from tournaments and we can't give like a full episode. I mean, like some of my, it. yeah, some of my earlier tournament reports episodes were just like, sweet, this is cool. I get like 45 minutes to talk about six rounds of magic. It's like, all right, now it's like talk about uh, rounds of magic in like 30 minutes. And I'm like, what? you're killing me because we got to talk about eyes and the community and other stuff. And huh? Yeah. Eh, there's too much stuff. Yeah, we're going to. We're going to finger gun real quick through Eyes in the Community because we got a couple of things going on. First up, um, Wizards has started handing out the Commander 19 previews, and we have one. We have previews. We have, we have previews. Yes. We have stuff to do. That, You'll look for our stuff August 5th. Yeah, um, that's all we know. So here's well, the thing. That's all you get to know. Well, no, no, no. So here's the thing, though. Normally in the past, in the last two cards, we've done a live stream. However, there's a little thing called my wedding the day before our card goes live. Our, our, our previous stuff goes live. I will be get... literally flying back to Nashville that day. Yeah. Uh, so John and I are going to pre-record something because we're staying in the same hotel room uh, for before my wedding. So we'll have pre-recorded material. Um, might put it on YouTube with a time gate. Either way, we're going to put it up. We'll do a little thing. You guys will get to see our, see our little uh, Commander 19 previews. So thanks, Blake and Wizards, for that. Hashtag free preview. Y'all the best. Woo. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, starting to the, the date of publication, July 24th, uh, the Cons of Tarkir Expanded Cube goes up, and there's an article. We posted it in the doobly-doo. And by uh, doobly-doo, we'll probably... he means the show notes. Yeah. And uh, I'll definitely try it at least once. It looks fun. Um, I haven't looked at the card list yet. I know that it is Cons of Tarkir block trimmed down and kind of tweaked, but also maybe some other cards from outside the set, I think, is what I saw. Yes, there's a lot of there's there are several cards from outside the set that play well with the cons themes uh, of wedges and whatnot. Morph, For example, baby, you'll be able to you'll be able to curve your gore claws into your Sirach the Dragon claws. It'll be great. Oh baby, um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because Concentric here is my jam. If, is as long as also, I can as long as I can jam black white warriors or morphs, I'll be happy, man. Yeah. Uh, this weekend is the uh, fourth Mythic Championship of 2019. I still think they need better names, uh, but it's going to be Modern and Modern Horizons, so all eyes turn to one of our favorite formats to see kind of how Modern Horizons has changed things at the upper level, especially now that the Hogak deck from pre-banning has effectively been removed. Yeah, but it's um, still around and actually a really good deck still. <laughs> Listen, like I said before, I'm totally okay with a 7-mana 8-8 trample that you can't spend mana on being good. I'm totally okay with well, it. I mean, yeah, it, it it's not as broken. It's still a good deck. It's just they actually, I think, hit the right card, honestly. Yeah. And then also this past weekend, uh, there was this GP up in Denver and some local scrub this, won it. <laughs> yeah, some local scrub by the name of Luis Scott Vargas won it with Bant Scapeshift because it turns out when you put a, put a land into a set that has Scapeshift in it and now suddenly you have Scapeshift being an actual like deck and standard. It's going to be pretty good because it's pretty good in modern, or it has been in the past. So you know, yeah. Who knew all it all took was to... who knew it all took was some spell lands to make it relevant, and not just oh, hey, here's yeah. a reprint from a year ago. So yeah. fun fact about this win by LSV: uh, he was slated to play black white vampires up until Friday night. Let me see mm-hmm. what when was this tweet. It was at yeah, eight p.m. Friday night, like going into the GP. Slated on black white vampires, but he's like he's getting serious scapeshift FOMO. Does anybody have any uh orboreal grazers, circuitous roots, elvish rejuvenators, and random scapeshift lands who's going tomorrow? So this guy replied, Nathan Stewart is like, Oh yeah, I have all those. And I'll speak, sweet, I'll borrow them and stuff like that. So he borrowed it. Turns out that was a guy who ended up winning the MCQ <laughs> who also lost to LSV in the Swiss by his own cards so it's really crazy how that works the mcq winner and the gp winner are both tied to the same cards that were won with yeah. that so uh the nickname was using slothers like instead of poggers yes, 
Um, it was a small GP, actually. Uh, one of the smallest standard GPs in recent memory with only 625 players. Uh, we kind of, I kind of mused about it on Twitter when I saw those stats. Why? And the big one, I mean, we just mentioned MC4s this weekend. So pe- people are already playing modern, modern horizons. They're not really looking at standard right now. Uh, it's a rotating format in a month and a half when uh, the new set we're going to talk about later uh, is released in September. and October, I believe. <clears throat> October, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's weird because SCG Philly this past weekend, you know, like that transition, right, um, had 267 teams. Now, for those of you kids at math, teams are three people. 267 times three equals 801 players. So we had 801 people at a team SCG event versus like 620 approximately at an actual top tier tournament. Now, so the quote unquote worth, junior circuit, the quote unquote junior circuit for those who like who used yeah, to call it now, that. Now, for what it's worth, teams are gas. So uh, yeah, teams are know. teams are total gas. But and, regardless, you know that is something, and we could devote an entire episode to that. But we want to talk about you being an SCG Philly, and we want to talk about the news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend. So, Ian, yeah. let's jump in to Philly Philly. Philly Philly. Who'd you play with, and what'd you do? how'd you do? So, uh, I had so at the previous SCG Philly, back in like, uh, got like March or something like that, uh, one of my opponents, uh, I think like round one or two, was my good buddy of mine. It might have been the classic. It was the classic. It was Nick Packard. Uh, meows a lot on twitter we'll put all the handles in the below uh mm-hmm. but nick and i uh, looked at each other like, hey you're gonna be the next one he's like yeah i'm like dude you got a teammate he's like no i'm like well let's go find a third so we already were basically locked in all the way back in like march as being teammates and we needed a third so we put the call on twitter we kind of put some feelers out to a couple people nothing came of it and then we got a message from but guy named pete stall and pete and who's hashtag or who's handle is at pro pdmtg from connecticut uh it was like hey i need a need a team like yeah okay cool come on in we basically so nick was going to be on standard because he was going to be at scg worcester which was the week last week yeah it was last week um which was standard right after the set release so he was going to get a week of standard in like fine go jam standard i was the swing seat i would have taken modern or legacy depending on what our third wanted to do and Pete was all about that modern life. So I was on Legacy. And I didn't have time to really do a whole lot of jamming like I wish I could have. Um, namely, the new hotness in Legacy, for those you don't know, is four-color Delver or any kind of card that's playing red and green to play Renin 6. It is a good card, and it's expensive. And I wish I could have. Two Planeswalker, man. Two Planeswalker. It's so expensive online. I hate it. Um, but anyway, if I had time to t- jam, I would have probably played a deck that ran uh, Delver of Secrets, be it Four Color Delver or Teamer Delver or maybe Rug, or not even Rug Delver. I was going to play like Blue, or what's it called? Is it Delver? I was going to play Delver, most likely, uh, but I didn't have time and did not feel comfortable taking a deck that I was meh on into mirror matches, which I expected many of. And boy, I called the meta pretty easy pretty decently um in terms of at least prepping wise because i was like yeah i'm, a, I'm probably going to play a lot of delver and boy boy howdy did i um so we all met up uh, i did my usual stay at my dad's house in delaware and drove up the 30 40 minutes to good old valley forge pennsylvania it's not philly it's i don't know if i've mentioned why we can't do it in downtown philly anymore gambling laws no, see, because remember, the the very first modern Pro Tour was Pro Tour Philadelphia at right. the Philadelphia Convention Center in downtown Philly. Well, apparently in between then and now, like a couple of years ago, apparently there was some major fight where somebody got really injured at a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. So the people that oh. own the convention center were like, no more card tournaments. Now, granted, we can do stuff like the um, little card game areas at like PAX Unplugged that like... Uh, Sure, oh, but no, like, no card game tournaments because apparently people get heated. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks, thanks, Yu Gi Oh players, you ruined it for the rest of us. But we were out at the Valley Forge Casino in the basement. It's actually 
to be fair for an SCG event, it's actually a, not a bad place at all. Like it's perfectly sized. They actually have a food court literally right at the top of the stairs where you can grab a quick bite to eat between rounds. If everyone else isn't doing it, which timing wise worked out good for us. Anyway, uh, Nick, our standard player, he was on, Oh God. Oh, he played feather. So he was, he was waffling towards the, uh, towards the end and ended up settling on feather. I don't remember what he was. Where was it? Oh yeah. So, and also as his PD was on, um, humans and, Oh, right. Okay. There it is. I found the message. Nick was waffling between Jeskai consult control, soul tide, dread horde with Yarok or feather. And we were like, yeah, I should go with feather because <laughs> he likes jamming mono red Phoenix and, in a modern so it's kind of right up his alley mm. and pete was going to be doing hogak but then you know hogak kind of took a hit a, a well-deserved one yeah and then uh oh god what was it he eventually just settled on humans he was going to look at like some of the other decks he was looking to play phoenix or maybe dredge but then decided on humans because he's you know modern's that lovely format where you, you know if you settle in on a deck you know and love you can do well with it and he was actually kicking butt it wasn't until like round seven where he actually lost a round so i know that feeling yeah uh, he either he either won or did not finish his rounds um mainly because feather can do some sick stuff i think nick's fastest win was like turn four in standard yeah that makes sense yeah he just like cooked off on turn four with his fe- feather deck which is pretty rad um times when i finished quickly i was able to go over and watch him play and god what's the name of that one car like rending blow or whatever it is the reckless rage reckless or rage the, yeah that deals the two damage deals two to my creature deal four to the other creature yeah and he was targeting the red and a white haster that whenever you target it you put a plus one plus one counter on it 10th 10th district legionnaire yes yes yeah, so he would target it it would get the plus one plus one counter live through it <laughs> and then uh yeah yeah it was pretty gross and then he would get it back so he'd be like deal two damage this thing that's gonna you know get bigger kill your guy the the, the reckless rage feather loop is almost impossible for any creature deck to beat. Oh yeah, and I got to watch almost it. And it impossible. was it was gross and disgusting, and I loved it. Um, so let's get on to my stuff because well, it was I actually someone just talked about the team before quick. I I really really enjoyed playing it. Um, I know Pete said the same thing. I know Nick did too. Um, just we we had one of the best weeks, like best weekends or tournaments in terms of fun that we've had in a long time. Like just my team was for straight gas. Like we all got along so great for people who like, I know Nick and I have talked a lot, but Pete kind of came out of nowhere and it was just like, oh, hey, cool. When I mentioned who our team was like going into the tournament, everyone's like, holy crap, that's your team? Team's gas. Like, and I'm like, all right, I guess we lucked into an amazing team. Sweet. Um, But I would definitely team with them again. Unfortunately for the upcoming Philly in October, uh, Nick will not be available uh, due to him having prior engagements at a wedding. Uh, but Pete and I will probably be teaming up. We got to find a good third for that. So if you're going to SCG Philly, uh, looking for one willing to play whatever. What format are you guys missing? Uh, you want to play standard? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, honestly, I'm up. I'm up for anything. We'll figure it out eventually. But yeah, looking for one, I guess. Uh, so on to my stuff because my teammates were great. But I'd like to at least dig into the old infect. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Sam Dams of, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, uh, of the Legacy Infect Down With The Sickness Facebook group. Uh, Sam is one of the, I guess, preeminent Infect players in Europe. Um, He posts tournament updates regularly in the group, um, does a great job maintaining a huge um, document uh, on like his Legacy Infect player guide. Uh, you might notice his username as Fenris Cloud if you ever see the results on Magic Online. Uh, do straight gas in terms of things of that sort. But anyway, I was basically playing his 75. Uh, so go look up one of his lists on like MCG Top 8. I'll pro- we'll put it in the show notes. So basically, it was his 75 I ran. Um, I made a tweet on Friday saying, <laughs> looking at all the people asking for Ren and Sixes, and I was like, oh. I'm in danger, and oh my god, was I ever correct. Round one, four-color Delver. Played against Josh and his team. I ended up losing the round one, got my opponent to five in, or five poison in game one, and then uh, we didn't finish game two because the other games ended quickly. Uh, we won that one. 
So we started uh, real quick before we move on. I didn't realize this at the time, but I really should have with Ren and Six. Ren and Six has the same thing that Liliana the Last Hope has, where they're eight, they have an ability that can just kill X ones. Oh, and there's a lot of really good X ones. Yeah, we should actually talk about Ren and Six Legacy. real quick. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, Ren and Six is the red green, one red, red and a green planeswalker. It's a two mana uh, legendary planeswalker Ren with three loyalty already. Out of bolt range if you plus it one, which is ridiculous because plus one is return up to one target land from your graveyard to your hand. Minus one, Ren and six deals one damage to any target. And minus seven, you get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. I will tell you this, nobody is ever minusing seven Ren and six in Legacy. You are up ticking or down ticking as appropriate. Um, I'll talk about later how ridiculous that uptick plus one can get um, in one of my later matches. Actually, round nine match. I'll talk about that one. Uh, but round one, I lost. Uh, basically, I think he got it. I didn't write the notes, but I'm pretty sure he got a, stuck a run in six. And I was not able to finish him off and literally just looked hopeless board state. I, I called the loss and went to game two. I was at 13 life. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, we're going to game two. Uh, we didn't finish game there. So we went one and oh. Uh, hold on. So then we went... I didn't write down our team records. I think we went like 2-1. Yeah, okay. So round two, I played against TJ, who was on blue-white Stoneforge. And this is straight up blue-white Stoneforge because they're running Prismatic Vista, which is the fetch for a a basic untapped, which is gross and amazing. And just being able to play nothing but basics and maybe one or two dual lands in your deck with maybe one or two wastelands is really strong, especially when people are looking to wasteland you out with and also it runs back to basics which is gross um funnily enough i basically had to i didn't really um sideboard in the blind because i got to turn two so here's where we start the how many times has ian turned to somebody count turn two count one <laughs> game one uh opponent on the play sticks molsa six sticks stoneforge mystics so i'll instantly know what they're on they grab a gta and i'm like all right, well, Invigorate, Invigorate, Berserk, you're dead. It's 18, in fact, trample damage. Get wrecked. <laughs> uh, game two, uh, they kind of just grinded me out. Um, they stuck a true name and just rode that to victory on me, which was kind of gross. Lost that one. And then, oh, turn two count is at two. Because at game three, I turned two them <laughs> with Invigorate, Berserk on the play. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. gross. Getting the turn two blue white stone fort or stone blade before they can even get stuff online is pretty solid. Never letting G take matter was great, which I don't think it ever did actually. So next game I went up against in round three, uh, Chris on blue white control. Uh, I won game one with looks like a double pump because I put him from three to eleven. So. Oh wait, no, I I got it. Um, it was pump with Pendlehaven. No, it was two exalted triggers and a invigorate that got him to lethal. Uh, nice. Won that one. Then in game two, they brought in the uh, they brought in back to basics and also locked me out with three fairy. So three mana to fairy is a jerk, and I hate him, and he can die in a fire. <laughs> um. Namely, uh, the, the Fairy Time Raveler just basically locking me out of being able to use any kind of counterspell is disgusting. So I basically have to pray to God that they don't have any kind of counterspell because they get uncounterable counters, which is gross. Um, yeah, so I got the Thrift Fairy Lock there. Um, basically, I just could not do anything. Uh, same thing, game three, I lost there, and we lost round three, I want to say we did. Um, let me just double check real quick. Pulling up my tournament results. Wait for it. Yeah, uh, two and one. And then uh, went three and one after the next round in round four. Um, so basically, I ended up losing round four. Uh, Nick and Pete won round four for us. Um, literally hit right before turns with burn. Pete did. Uh, whew. Uh, but I faced four color Delver again. So this is my second Ren and six deck. 
Uh, I turned three'd some turn three the guy that uh, thing with Invigorate Berserk again, pretty sick and rad and amazing. And I love the, love that combo. Um, my opponent uh, had a turn two run in six in game three or game two, and you know literally could not do anything. Uh, what's really fun about that is when I went to go draw my card for turn four, I had no board state. Oof. Yeah, I had. Um, Run out turn one. Uh, actually, no, they didn't have turn two, minutes six, did they? Yeah, no. I had a turn one uh, Glistener Elf. Oh, no, no. This was a turn three, run and six. Yeah, because they basically... I had an Elf and a Blighted Agent, and they double Wastelanded me. Or no, I that's what it was. They stuck run and six, Wastelanded me, uh, Red bolted my... Uh, so Red Elemental blasted my... Um, oh, God, what's it called? Blighted Agent, and then picked off my Glistener Elf, and I was just like, well, done. So I had literally nothing on board. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> then in the next game, I got up to three, and then I, I overvalued an Ink Moth Nexus in a fight where I could have just let it die. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid a mana into Ink Moth Nexus from another land to activate it, to then try and protect it, but then they had a counterspell for my protection, so or for my vines, and my it died anyway. And then they had another spell, which I didn't have a mana to protect that one because I had paid a green into my Ren and Sick or into my Ink Moth Nexus, which meant I had to tap my trop in order to cast. Yeah, I had to tap my trop and cast that when I could have had a spell pierce up that would have stopped another spell that would have taken out my infector and i might have been able to win that um fortunately it didn't matter uh we took it out on burn thankfully uh that next turn or right right before turns uh thanks to oh god was oriok champion mm-hmm. is that the one you gain a life whenever a creature enters the battlefield or yes yeah it's pro black and pro red yeah they had uh he had two of them which was kind of great against burn because it helped pad the life totals just enough uh, we then went, lost round, uh, five or no, we, we won round. Yeah. We run round four. We lost round five to go to three and two. Uh, I played, is it Delver? And so this was actually a very interesting round for the modern seat. Uh, Pete was on, was it this one or was it round eight? Either way. Um, oh no, no, no. Yeah. No, this was, uh. I'm trying to remember which round it was. One of the rounds where our opponent was basically... So their Phoenix player was basically having their legacy player basically play their deck for them. It was kind of bad with how many times they were consulting. We got to like... I beat them in round in game two, but it was still a case of if we needed to... I, I went down to three life against Is It Delver. And like I was like, if we had to do a game three, we would have had like 10 minutes left. And he was trying to like play his opponent's deck and i'm like bro we need to like finish our round because we were like towards the end of game two with like 17 minutes left on the clock which was gross but yeah i invigorated berserked for a win oh invigorated and become immense something i think it was ink moth nexus to get through to beat him game one which is great to take like i broke serve too on is it delver which is great because he was on the play and i took it from him and then game two uh i actually one of the, my best games I've actually played, honestly. Um, I correctly valued the fact that he had a flip Delver, and I activated an uh, Ink Malt Nexus to block, was able to pump Vines Kicked to eat the Delver, because he overextended himself by attacking with a Delver and something else. And then I was like, okay, fine. I got pinged by the Dreadhorde Arcanist, and then next turn um, I decided to block his Dreadhorde Arcanist after he would already, he already lost his Delver and then swung with his Dreadhorde Arcanist. And I chump blocked without a pump on with my Glistener Elf to shrink it down to, to an O2, meaning he couldn't cast anything from his graveyard, which he had so much stuff he was getting value out of. Like for three turns in a row, he was just casting like ponders out of and preordains out of his graveyard. And it was gross. I stopped him and that helped me win. Um, sitting at three life versus is a Delver when it's got uh, a couple ways to kill you from three five spells that's, it was like that's scary nail biting oh let me tell you my next one was actually probably the greatest game i've ever played with in fact um 
yeah, the fact that we had to wait for our opponent to play was was kind of annoying with that. Remember, team tournaments you can consult uh, with teammates. Don't take well, make it make it make it snappy. Yeah, so like Pete and I would talk with each other all the time. I'd be like, I kind of give him a quick little. I, I'd quickly look over at his board state real quick, see where he's at, and be like, oh, if he wasn't a turn, I kind of give him a nudge and like show my hand. And by the end, he was looking. He's like, man, you had like three or four god hands where you were just able to like cook off on people. And I'm like, yeah. The deck draws when it draws well, it draws really well. Like there were hands where I literally had land, land, glistener elf, invigorate, berserk, and protection. Like the everything this you is want a good place to be. Everything you want in like if you were to just be like, if I could get these seven cards in an infect hand, I got them at least three games, and it was gross. Yeah. One of those was against Burn. <laughs> the next round in round six. Uh I turned to them. <laughs> <laughs> so turn two counted now at two yeah so this turn two did not actually use invigorate funnily enough or no it used invigorate it did not use berserk it was invigorate invigorate with a Pendlehaven pump mm. against burn um which was pretty nice uh reason being is because my opponent ended or died at 26 life so Oof. that's how i know they died plus it wrote two turn two win um game Two, they were able to stick Pyrostatic Pillar and tax both of our life totals a little bit. I made a very key mistake in padding my opponent's life total. Uh, I actually cast a um, Invigorate for free without tapping it for four mana, which I actually realized later on. I was like, crap, I actually could have paid four mana. Like full hard cast. Or no, it's three mana for Invigorate, my bad. I could have three mana paid for the full cost of Invigorate and not give my opponent four extra life because not only did they have Pyrostatic Pillar out, they also had uh, that turn uh, they put down Eidolon. So literally anything under three was going to deal four damage to them, and I gave them four extra life, and they ended up beating me by two life, which they probably would not have been able to kill me had I done that properly. But... Either way, that was just kind of a slow tick. Um, he stuck like a really early uh, Swifty and was pecking away at my life total, which kind of stunk. But what can you do against Burn? So the, the game, the best game that I ever, I guess, lucky luckiest dig I've ever done in my entire life. I tweeted about this one actually, but <laughs> it it caused my teammate to say I'm a god basically with how lucky it was with this one. So I got my point up to six. In fact. And staring down a pretty complicated board where there's an Eidolon out and I had to choose when to block and pump to eat the Eidolon because he was getting overly aggressive swing with Eidolon and a Swift Spear. Now, normally I would be like, oh, maybe I just want to take out the Swift Spear here. But in order for me to not die to burn, you know, you can't keep taking two shot. You can't keep shocking yourself off of Eidolon. So... I correctly identified I needed to eat the Eidolon. I uh, used the Pendlehaven to pump to eat it, ate that, and then we just kept taking pings from the Swift Spear for a couple more turns. And then ended up at three life against Burn for two turns, which is not a place you want to be in at all versus Burn. Yeah, no. Um, so my opponent, uh, Patrick, cast Lava Spike, and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, dang. All right, and I was about to be thinking, and I look at my hand, I'm like, I'm holding Brainstorm. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. I was about to just be like, oh, I didn't get it, guys. I was about to like say like, oh, I didn't get it. Look over at Pete. Because at this point, I was, they had finished, and we're both watching, and I was, I was like, wait, hold on. Brainst uh, cast Brainstorm? I'd also had been, I'd, so I have to kind of backtrack actually a couple turns. Um, I'd actually drawn Sylvan Library a couple turns. This is like turn four or five. And Nick had already or Nick had already finished his game. It's over. I'm like, yeah, I meant to actually sideboard Sylvan Library out because you're never gonna, you know, take damage off of Sylvan Library against Burn. So mistakenly, I left it in for two games. I don't know why. Whatever. Anyway, I was like, fine, I'll play it, and was just using it for card filtering at that point, uh, which is great, honestly, against Burn because you need to look at as many cards as you can to find your silver bullets to stop that dang deck. Oh yeah. Um, it got to a point where I was hitting land land spell land land spell so i was like popping the two on top drawing the spell so i drawn the brainstorm and was like all right i knew the next two cards were lands because i had just looked at them with my uh uh that previous turn when i drew the brainstorm so i cast brainstorm dig two dig three the bottom card 
in response to this lava spike is a hydroblast. So I'm like, oh, we got there. Hydroblast the spike. Now, at this point, my opponent's also top decking. So burn top decking versus me we're looking at three and he eventually started holding a couple cards in hand i'm like is he maybe just sandbagging a couple burn spells turns out he was just sandbagging lands um so next turn i draw the three again or look at the top three kind of with the pseudo draw off of sylvan library it's land land brainstorm i'm like all right well fine put the two put these lands back on top it was a fetch it was two fetches so put two fetches back on top holding the brainstorm and i'm like all right let's do this brainstorm land land ponder and i'm sitting my opponent's sitting at six infect and had just swung and i had chumped off with a uh oh god what was it called i chumped off with one of my noble hierarchs so he's sitting where literally if i have any kind of pump in my deck i win um all i gotta do is just swing with my infector because i had a bladed agent actually so if i swing a bladed agent i win i see a ponder i'm like oh, well you know what i know it's land land it's a ponder Land, land, land. Crap. Instant shuffle. instant shuffle. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Pull the card off the top of my deck. Kind of slow roll it to myself. Flick it up briefly. I see foil. That's a good sign to me because I have all foil invigorates. And it was a green foil. Beside it, old school green foil, I should say. So I knew for a fact that instantly I saw that briefest glimpse of the frame. I'm like, yeah, okay, we got this. So my guys like kind of like nudged me. I was just like, I just kind of like kept a stone face, showed them the invigorate. And I was like, uh, you're going to gain three life. I'm going to cast invigorate and swing for the win. So uh, I top deck the lethal, lethal off of brainstorm, dig and a ponder into dig three into shuffle. And whew. that is a very good feeling. It, it was, I had to do everything I could in my power to not celebrate as much as I wanted to be exuberant about it with my opponents sitting right there um it was rough so round seven uh i'm going to use round seven as a learning time for you kids at home when you're sideboarding don't tell anything about your deck seriously so where were we at where were we at the two uh turn twoing oh we're th turn three turn two counts uh make that four turn twos nice four uh so my opponent on the draw moles to five essentially rolls out uh, fetch land and then oh god what was it i think he got a bad land and didn't really do anything so i'm like all right what's going on here um i turned to him so i got barely any knowledge off of what my opponent was doing and that's a bad place to go into sideboarding so we're sideboarding and i'm thinking okay bad land i saw it was polluted delta okay probably grixis might be might be four color who knows probably was trying to leave with something didn't want to do it because he mul he thought about like looking like he was going to do something and he didn't and let me i just turned to him so we're, we're kind of just chit-chatting like hey where you're from and they're talking about like sideboarding and stuff like that and he mentioned something about like um i'm about done like i already pulled like five or six cards i was going to sideboard for like the grixis matchup and then i was he would mention something offhandedly about like oh yeah something with like you know surgical extraction would wreck me and mentioned and like briefly and i'm like oh surgical extraction. hold on let me grab my surgical extraction put in my thing like all right cool <laughs> sideboard in my surgical extraction and then he just like offhandedly commented about iona and i'm like holy crap the guy's reanimator so instantly i just flip back through grab caracas grab paducah bog and grab <laughs> crop rotation <laughs> and then i pick three more cards to side out quickly and i'm like all right here you go i think i might have had 61 cards but you can legally submit a 61 card deck yes so i might have submitted a 60 i might have presented a 61 card deck to my opponent in, in game two only because i was like we had spent like four minutes sideboarding and he just offhandedly mentioned in the last like 15 seconds of sideboarding stuff that tipped me off as to what his deck was yeah this is why unless it's obvious what, what, they're, what your opponent is doing not to really go ham on details especially if you if you care about every competitive edge oh yeah because i was actually because i was regaling my opponent like because i was i kind of mentioned stuff about burn and i'm like once you saw what i was i was telling him about my burn story and then he was like and he mentioned something about his an opponent of his like hitting his iona in the graveyard and i was like yo what's up <laughs> <laughs> so then i nudged pete and i'm like pete he's like he's like what'd you see and i'm like i just saw like a, a duel but this the guy right here told me he had iona 
I'm like, I know what he's got. It's it's ridiculous. And I was just like, I had to do everything I could to keep a stone face because it's like, you told me what you were playing, you fool. Uh, I ended up only losing two life. Um, funnily enough, he actually reanimated one of my own infectors. Well, I mean, um, when you got a block. Yeah, I was, it was a thing, but I ended up sticking to Ink Moth Nexus. I had... I think I went turn one land, turn two Caracas, turn three Ink Moth Nexus, turn four Ink Moth Nexus, and it was just game over from there. Um, the fact that I basically was holding up Caracas the whole game, and then at the very end he had got he had actually I let him entomb a Elish Norn, and then I was like, uh, in response, I'm gonna hit my own land, crop rotate it for Bajukabog. Actually, no, I. I top deck bajuka bog which is like oh, i'm just gonna play bajuka bog and he was like oh and this is like right after he had just entombed i or elish norn and i was just like i i was gonna get rid of elish norn anyway dude and i had two ink moth like i literally rode two ink moth nexus to the win like i pit for one and hit him up to two and then it was four six eight ten with just activating nice. ink moth nexus all I, I never had to pump and if he had kept trying to stick elish norn or anything like that i had the the uh the Caracas ready to go. So yeah. boy, howdy did he hose himself because I literally found all of my silver bullets to just completely wreck his deck just because he happened to offhandedly mention something he shouldn't have during sideboarding. And right. if he says it during sideboarding, is it g- gaming the system? No, it's, it's hidden. It's information. He's just revealed to me. It, it sucks that he did it like yeah. to be fair, I wasn't not going to do it. And it's, it's kind of, some people will be like, oh, you should have just gone into it if you didn't know. And I'm like, well, if my opponent happens to mention he has Iona in his deck, there's really only one deck that plays it in Legacy, and you just told me what deck you're on. Yeah, I could have gone in there blind and not, and I could have had some of the Graveyard hate. I just didn't have, because I was going to bring him, I brought him for Jukabok anyway, actually, against Grixis. It's kind of weird, but um, I honestly like blowing up their graveyard because they like recurring a lot of stuff, especially with Ren and Six these days. So I, I didn't know if it was four color Delver or anything like that. So I intentionally was just like, all right, I'm going to snag this out. I'll go quickly because I'm going along here. Uh, round eight played against, I think it was Grixis. The only reason why I think it was that, I didn't actually write down the deck. I won in game one uh, and I bolt snap bolted my opponent. Or no, he bolt snap bolted me to win in game two, but that didn't matter because both my teammates won. Um, and we went to six and two, which the cutoff they were saying was going to be 21 points. So we needed seven wins or, uh, tie for 24th. So we needed to win for sure to be able to guarantee us getting in, um, to day two. Uh, so we were kind of just hanging out. We had a lot of time between the rounds and I get the alert that my rounds paired and I look down and I see I'm facing Harlan Fuhrer, AKA captain of team Nova. And Team Nova is one of the SCG teams. So I'm like, well, crap. Because it was him, Brad Carpenter, and Danny Jessup. And between them, they have more than their fair share of SCG tournament wins. <laughs> so we were we were playing on hard mode. We had basically dodged any and all kind of SCG grinders or any t- people we knew. Um, because Nick, Pete, and I know various people on the SCG tour who play a lot. So we were like... Well, we avoided for eight rounds anybody we know, and we hit people we knew but didn't actually really know us. Turns out I actually got my first, hey, I recognize you from Twitter, from Harlan. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh Hashtag humble brags. Um, Funnily enough, he goes, turn one, uh, Snow Island, Arkham's Astrolabe. Uh, So if you guys don't know, Team Nova posts their deck lists for what we're like they do a what we what we're playing this week um they'll, t- they'll tweak their decks a little bit but they post like a what we're playing the day before on uh hipsters the coast and i just happened to read that article for them because like oh, i'm curious to see what they're playing harlan had a four color snow list with uh renin six leovold and a couple other things uh just got straight up outvalued he went it took a while like i had 18 like Looking at my card, I had 18 life. He had 18 life, and it was at six poison. But that game took like 15 minutes to play, or 20 minutes to play, because he in that game uh, brainstormed five times, including a snapcaster brainstorm. So he cast all four of his brainstorms plus snapping one back. He 
cast Ponder three times. He had it jaced out and brainstormed off of Jace three times. He saw most of the cards in his deck. Oh, by the way, at this point, he'd also had a Ren and Six out on the battlefield. So he was literally just looping a fetch land constantly. So he was literally brainstorm fetching away and shuffling his deck. Um, just literally filtering through his deck. The reason why I didn't scoop is because I was trying to draw maybe if I had been able to crop rotate or draw an Ink Moth Nexus, I could have easily just snuck a couple pings in there. I never drew it. And eventually he was digging for his wasteland because uh, I had had a Pendlehaven up and two Infectors out. And we literally were just like draw, go, draw, go, draw, go kind of play until because he didn't want to ping anything or tick down for the ping with Ren and Six while I had my Pendlehaven out because I'd just be like, right. pump a Pendlehaven, save it from the ping, you fool. He found the wasteland, wasted away my Pendlehaven, and I'll, as soon as he said, I got the wasteland, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's, I was waiting for you to grab that. Like, honestly, it was really enjoyable match against him for there. Then we didn't finish because uh, Nick just got straight rolled by Danny Jessup. I think Danny was on uh, Orzhov Vampires or something like that and just straight up cooked off. And then uh, Brad Carpenter, I believe, was on Dredge. They placed in the top seven, so their deck lists are on SCG. I can actually just go look at it real quick. And team constructed day two deck lists. Scored on seventh place. Oh, that's what it was. Brad Carpenter was on Wurza. So four color Urza. Um, oh my. Yeah, that that deck is cool. Yeah, Dan Joseph was on Urza Vampires. But anyway, Harlem was on four color control, four color snow. It was great. Um, I didn't finish. Uh, he was definitely on the way to rolling me in that match. Uh, his his thing only got better after sideboard. Um, but yeah, we went six and three. Uh, after everything shook out at the very end, after all the rounds were played, we finished in thirtieth place overall out of two hundred and sixty-seven teams. I will, which is really, I good. will take it. There was only one, two, three, four teams ahead of us in the standings before it was the cut to day two. So we were towards the very top of uh, the eighteen-point teams. So I'll take it. Like had an amazing team. One of my best tournament finishes ever. I'm currently sitting 0 for 2 in uh, day two win and ends. Uh, the other one being at GP Portland 2016 with Bant Company. Uh, however, yeah, I had a great time with these guys. It was a fun tournament. I didn't bother going back the next day because it was like, oh, I have to drive 40 minutes north to there and then 40 minutes back to my dad's house and then drive three hours home. I was like, yeah, I'm driving three hours home. So uh, to everybody I saw sense. or I didn't see, Fun times. Um, actually, we met up for dinner with uh, Lorelai uh, from the Vorthos cast, actually, and her girlfriend Izzy, and the three of us, the five of us, all had dinner at Shake Shack, which was kind of nice, and geeked the hell out over what we're about to talk about next. Because literally, this as we were eating dinner, this happened. This happened. <laughs> so Mark Rosewater teased that he had a talk at San Diego Comic Con, and I kind of miss. Like the set reveals at like San Diego Comic Con, just because it's such a big thing and it's so exciting and all the other fun stuff. But to start off, there's a article that I've linked in the in the description in the show notes called Project Booster Fun, which Mark Rosewater talked about extensively during the talk. But for part of it, he had to introduce the fall set for Magic the Gathering, Throne of Eldraine, which is Camelot meets Grimm's Fairy Tales. I am and so hyped. Based on all the, yeah, based on all the art that we've seen uh, for the set, it is kind of, it definitely is scratching a very interesting itch. Um, I will, and I will go so far as to say that the art that's been previewed so far is, to this point, some of the best magic art I've seen ever. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's not going to be straight up, you know, one to one. Well, what I mean by one to one correlations is I don't think there's always going to be a straight up one to one correlation between some of the fairy tales and some of the legends of Camelot. Uh, because they're obviously going to do their take on them. Um, but there's a lot of settlers, like there's a gingerbread man, there's a, a card art of someone being baked into a pie, there's a mermaid with a glowing sword under the water. <laughs> because I don't know about you, but strange women handing out swords and water out of ponds is a very strange way of a form of government. Um, yeah, it should derive from a direct mandate quote, from the masses. Yes. Um but it looks really fun. Uh, one of the big things to come out of it is the face of the set is uh, Rowan Kenrith, um, who you may remember from her from Will and Rowan Kenrith from Battlebond, 
which, as it turns out, uh, this is- they were made for Throne of Eldraine. And then when Battlebond was like, we're looking for Planeswalkers with Partner, uh, they were just like, um... Hey, cool. We got you. (laughs) We got twin planeswalkers. So, um, and there's, it seems like the setup is going to be something along the lines of Rowan trying to go save her brother Will. That's my guess, at least. Um, Will is confirmed. Will is confirmed in the set. They did confirm that he is there. Yeah, but is he in in the set as a planeswalker card? We don't know. Well, but they said he's in the set. Yeah, he he will probably show up on cards at some on some level. Oh yeah, but um, that is what we know about Throne of Eldraine. We don't know a whole bunch else. And for those of you who are playing Standard, just in case you forgot, the sets that are rotating are Ixalan, Rivals of Ixalan, Dominaria, and Core 2019. So only a few more months of Nexus of Fate. And also 5 mana Teferi. And dinosaurs. Rip. Dude, and pirates. dinos are now a thing. All it took was Core... Yeah, but tw- dinosaur tribal is, is a very different conversation. All it took was Core um, 2020 coming out to get just the couple extra dinosaurs to push it over the top because that was the Standard deck that won the... Actually, that was the Standard deck that won the open yeah court anyways Corey ballmeister on that was on jun dinos yeah anyways speaking of boosters though um part of the reason why they revealed throne of eldraine is so they could talk about what they call project booster fun and the tldr is that wizards was chat was the tabletop studio within wizards was tasked with trying to figure out how to make opening booster packs more fun and so what's going on is that they've increased the f- chance of foil is open in, in booster packs, which is cool. Um, instead of it being like in one of four boosters, it's about one in three boosters now. Um, and then also they wanted to increase player agency in how you get your cards. Because with booster packs, there's the whole lottery thing where you don't know what you're getting. But how do you know you're going to get the thing you really want? And so there are three main boosters that are now existing for Magic. The one is the Draft Booster. This is the booster pack that we all know and love. There's no changes to its formula. Everything in there is completely the same. Yep. There is now the Theme Boosters, which if you got any of the Guild Boosters from Guilds and Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance, that's basically what these are. They're 35 cards based around a theme. So, like, if you're a red player, you can get the red Theme Booster from Throne of Eldraine for a whole bunch of red cards to add to your decks. Um, And... Then there are the Collector's Boosters, which are 15-card packs, just like Draft Boosters, except they have... Let me pull up their exact um, things, but basically, it's a lot of very... It's a lot of foils, it's a lot of rares, and it's a lot of highly sought-after cards. So, within a Collector Booster, you get one rare or mythic rare with extended art. Do you remember the uh, Ultimate Masters box toppers? Yes. Well, every rare and mythic rare except for with some exceptions, which we'll get to in a second, you can get as extended arts, which you can either open in a collector booster, and I think you can open them in the regular booster? No, I don't, nope, no. they can only be found in the collector booster, excuse me. Yeah. You get a foil, rare, or mythic rare. You get nine foil commons and uncommons. You get an ancillary card, you get a foil token. It's the only, foil, only place you can get a foil token, I believe. And then you also get three special frame cards. And these special frame cards are either borderless planeswalkers, as per the Mythic Edition, except for the fact that they will be the planeswalkers from the set, as far as we know. So whatever the Rowan card is in Throne of Eldraine, you can get that as a borderless planeswalker card with new art. And then also the, what they're calling, showcase cards. And there's a tweet that was sent out, as well as a slide of basically Goldilocks um, from this set. Uh, It's a little girl standing in front of a wall with three mounted bear heads and we also saw some alt art of her yes which is in the special showcase frame which looks very much more kind of grim fairy tale-esque very kind of florid on very florid very nice kind of like really good parchment look on the background um and and new art so these uh showcase cards you can't open in regular boosters and they come in foil but you can get you automatically get three of them in non-foil from the collector's booster. And then for Throne of Eldraine, which is interesting, the only way to get a common uh, showcase card in not foil is to open it from a collector's booster. Huh. Yeah, because if you open because they figured that if you opened a showcase card in in the in the draft booster, you might as well just get it in a foil, which I think is pretty rad in general. So, but they're going to do this for sets going forward where there's some showcase that's that usually plays into the set's theme 
or is tied to a mechanic or something that's going on in the set. Huh. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. I like the the I don't know. It's weird. I like the frame, and I also just really want this Goldilocks card to be good so that this card can see play in standard or be able to put it in a cube because I just think this is like just from the art itself, it just looks rad. Yeah, it it has it having like almost multiple modes to it is kind of interesting and weird. Like it's a weird. I I wanted. I'm really curious to see if it's like a weird take on how to. Is it either going to be like a separate like spell on the card? Because it's not going to be because you could just do an activated ability if you were just going to put something a mana cost that you can repeatedly do on a card. Well, well, also, um, Wizards has become more and more. Um, more and more what's the word i'm looking for willing to do special frame treatments of late and i'm really and i'm really really keen on seeing what this mechanic is so once we get closer to um throne of eldraine preview season which we hope to be a part of fingers crossed um, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how it kind of how it kind of pans out and how it plays out um and that was the big thing from from san diego comic-con we had a lot of key art i made sure to retweet it from the podcast account when we got the chance um i'm really excited to see what sort of story they're going to tell i'm really excited to see how they do things like we have a literal gingerbread man running out of a house on a magic card the art all looks fantastic the key art was by was done by seb mckinnon which is just fantastic um and seb is selling it as a print as well so if you want to get a print of the key art go to seb's website and get it because it's fantastic you also mentioned that ultimate ultra pro tweeted about playmats Yes, you can get that as a playmat too. Yeah, it's oh, <laughs> it's so good. Seb is just killing it, and while and while this isn't Lorwyn, and it is a fairy tale set, I think it's it's not quite what what they did with Lorwyn. This will be interesting to see what they do in Throne of Eldraine, and I'm really interested to see how they do the Planeswalkers because I'm not I'm not sure that Will is going to be a Planeswalker card. Well, we don't know. Um, we know nothing, but we do know. But they did mention they, they mentioned they will will be in the set. They didn't say it. they just said will will be in the set. Another thing that they mentioned is starting with Throne of Eldraine, uh, there's going to be brawl pre constructed decks. Yeah. And these cards are going to be legal and standard, mm-hmm. but also, you know, they're gonna design new cards for them. And and uh Gavin Verhey revealed two new cards from Throne of Eldraine in the Brawl decks that are look really exciting for Commander. Yeah, and that caused a really, really crazy divide on Twitter the other day with the uh, the Signet. Yeah, so let's just go ahead and talk about them real fast. Uh, there's Arcane Signet. It's a two generic mana artifact at common. It's in all of the Brawl decks. It says tap, add one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. This is obviously a card that's just basically a two mana Darksteel relic uh, in standard, but is something that is very appealing for brawl play as well as potentially command. It's weird that we have a card referencing the command zone that is standard legal now. Like this is a very, this is a first and it's kind of weird. And people are also kind of like the main thing that got people kind of miffed about this card is the fact that, Oh great. Now we're down to playing 98 cards in our commander decks because literally everyone ever is going to play this card as mana fixing it's like well, all right well maybe some people will maybe some people won't not everyone doesn't play you know soul ring but here we can have that debate i don't know oh no no yeah no but, i was just mentioning that that was kind of like the crux of the but the crux other card, of the discourse of that around that card yeah. but the other one oh, oh, oh baby this is, it's Tulane teller of tales for two green white blue you get a legendary human druid at mythic he is a two four uh, he has Vigilance. He says, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So whenever you cast a creature spell, you just get a growth spiral attached to it, which is rad. Yeah. And then three mana tap, return target creature you control to its owner's hand. Yeah, it's a... It's a different take on a blink commander, like Rune of the Hidden Realm, without potentially just being super dis- degenerate and destructive. But also, like... Being a 2-4 with Vigilance is a decent body. And that, that rules text of just, I cast a creature, I not only draw a card, but then I can ramp. That is... Ooh, that is power. It's, it's so choice. It's, and it's got amazing Victor Dominguez art on it. And everyone's just like, yes, give me the art. Please. And there's going to be four total Brawl decks that you can get up, pick up in your local game store. And they're, they're doing this to not only um, add diversity to the 
viable brawl decks in standard that you can make because you know brawl is standard legal make sure that all color identities are or all color combinations i should say are viable within brawl represented yeah but also just this way we get to add more legends to commander faster and i don't think i don't see this as a downside yes arcane signet is something that some people may look at as a negative um, but I think ultimately that these these types of decks, especially if they're going to happen every set, is going to be a net positive for Commander. Oh, I agree. But at the same time, also part of me is like, oh, another product. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Now, the other big news is that Brawl is coming to Arena. Now. 1v1, but it is coming to Arena. Now, the big thing is, is if we're getting these Brawl pre-constructed, they should, heavy accent on the should absolutely without a doubt do what they're doing with the planeswalker decks which is include a code in the box to duplicate that deck on magic arena if they haven't wizards wizards you make the make make arena and tabletop kiss yes make them kiss i mean they're doing like (laughs) they do it with the planeswalker decks you can get copies of the planeswalker decks by buying the planeswalker deck in paper and you get the code and you want people to play brawl on arena that's how you do it you want people to play brawl in paper that's how you well, do it. Just, yeah, because another thing is too is like I think about know. it. If somebody wants to go play Arena, right, and they'd be like, "Oh, Brawl's on Arena. Cool. Let me get boot up my new account. I got this cool deck that I just bought at the, my, my LGS. Let me go play it online." And then it's like you need to pay all of this stuff and grind all of these cards to even rep, to duplicate this online. And you're like, "Well, I'm not going to duplicate that." And that's how you turn people off from ever playing Arena again. If you can grab, yep. go to the store, buy the deck, take it to the computer, plug in the code instantly go play it online in those queues that's how you get people hooked in your ecosystem i'm looking forward to it if they do it anyway if there's maybe if there's a brawl commander out there i mean i know other companies like card kingdom what's up card kingdom uh they had done cool things like brawl decks um of their own design uh this is kind of cool to see official support because brawl has kind of been that weird awkward stepchild that has existed but nobody really talks about that's kind of sat over in the corner because you know couldn't really do anything with it until now. So hope because and it led to what's it called? What's that other one? Oathbreaker taking off in yes. some forms another. It's like, oh well, you know, if you guys had just plugged Brawl from the beginning, we might not have even had Oathbreaker show up, but hey, more options for playing. That's cool with me. But I'm really excited to see what we yeah. get for Throne of Eldraine. Uh Project Booster Fun. Eh, you know, well, it's if you're complaining about the fact that it's gonna be a twenty twenty five dollar booster pack. And it's probably not for you. Here's the thing, kids. Buy singles if you really want a certain card. That is it's true. It's just easier but. to do it that way. Granted, yeah, it's cool to open up booster packs with all foils. They did it back in Shard and Alara block. I'm cool that they're gonna tr- they're trying something new. We'll see how it shakes out. I mean, if it turns out that I will these say packs this. get marked at like 30, oh. 35 bucks, then I'll be like, yo, what the heck, guys, come on. But we'll see how it goes. I will never be mad at Wizards trying something new. Oh, me neither. But if it fails they need to fix it quickly. Or not only that, just have a plan ready to go. Um, yes. Just queued up and to follow on behind it. Uh, should that not be a thing, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really kind of just, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I will say this, in terms of product releases with Wizards these days, I've become very hesitant and cautious in terms of, really thinking it's good or really thinking it's bad i don't want to jump too far into the weeds which is kind of bad thing just because yes we're throwing a lot of stuff against a wall and seeing what sticks here um hopefully good stuff sticks but i'm personally just like over making hot takes (laughs) yes i will make some but i am totally fine with our takes being i mean tepid takes are fine granted hot takes i don't yeah i don't know man it's it's exhausting (laughs) I think I think you agree with me, Ian, that as much as I would love to make clickbait style title, you know, title cards and whatnot, it's just it's just exhausting. Yeah, John and I are not the kind of people who will usually give you clickbait. If we do, it's just because it's like you want to see our lovely faces. That's the clickbait. That's yeah. the content. Yeah, I know. Come on, man. That's the content I want to see in the world. Yeah, just give me some like good, honest discourse. People chatting. Oh, hey, look, it's our show. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, now, um, Ian, kind of wrap it up too. Just want to, I want to touch back on Philly. Um, I forgot. I would make some changes to my deck. I would definitely run more spell skites. I ran one. I'd run two. Maybe more uh, hydro blasts. It's not a great world for infect right now. 
I would definitely join the uh, the Delver the Delver decks or other things of that sort in Legacy right now. Uh, in fact, is not a being X one is not a good place to be in Legacy right now. Let's put it that way. That is reasonable. A lot of target yeah. damage. Anyway. If people wanted to find you on the social medias, where can they do so? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can find also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. I might actually come out of my streaming hiatus to maybe try streaming either this week or next week. Uh, some of that lovely, lovely cons draft because it's cons. Um well, it's not cons draft, it's cons cube, but still, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's still drafting cons cards, dude. Come on. You know me. It's like my jam. It's like I know, right listen, into the vein. Who, who's the one who bought two boxes of cons to explicitly draft them? Who, like, I who has a EDH deck that's morphs? Me. You do. Because of that set. <laughs> I saw it, I was like, that's fair. give me the morphs. Um, but yeah, no, we'll see how that goes. Uh, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me floating around a Twitch chat, don't hesitate to say hi. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but I know that the week after that, uh, Ian is going to be occupied. I've already think I've got like, someone lined up for that week to help talk about some cool stuff. Oh, yeah. I uh, for- if you want to reach the podcast I for- directly. <laughs> I forgot. You should probably get some guests lined up soon. <laughs> I have been. Yay. If you want to use the podcast directly, you can do so in one of two ways. You can hit us up on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>